My brothers and sisters in the Lord, John Henry Patterson in 1884 founded the National Cash Register Company. And upon its founding, it was a very successful business. And one of the reasons for its success was that Mr. Patterson was involved in all of the elements that went in into running the business, overseeing things and making sure that things were in their proper order. Well, as time went on, he noticed that there were a lot of burglaries at the factory. And he began to question whether or not his security staff, whether or not they were really doing their job. And so he decided to put them to the test. So one night, Mr. Patterson dressed in a phosphorescent suit, a glow-in-the-dark suit. He put himself on a white horse, and he rode up to the factory. He jimmied the lock of the tool storage shed, and he began to empty it over the course of about two hours. And then he got back on his horse, and he took his loot. And in the course of that period of time, my friends, not one person stopped him, not one person questioned him, not one person even approached him. Needless to say, the next day, none of the security guards had a job. But I tell you that story, my friends, because oftentimes we ask ourselves, how come did no one, how come no one saw? How come, my brothers and sisters, this man in a glow-in-the-dark suit on a white horse, Jimmy in a lock, went unnoticed? Someone wasn't paying attention. Someone had fallen down on the job. In the gospel today, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up the mount, Mount Tabor. And there, as he goes up the mount, he is transfigured right in front of them. And that's a term, my brothers and sisters, we don't hear very often. Transfigured. I remember when I was first ordained at St. Clement, I think I was in the first grade class, and this was the Bible story for the day. And so after reading this particular verse or verses from St. Matthew's Gospel, I asked the little ones, where was Jesus? And of course, they said he was on the mountain. And so I asked them, what was he doing on the mountain? Well, there was this complete silence. And one little boy, he raised his hand and he said, well, I think Jesus was in math class. And I said, math class? What do you mean he was in math class? He said, well, you just said he went up the mountain and he figured. He must have been figuring out something, so it had to be math. Jesus wasn't figuring, my friends. He wasn't just using his fingers to do math. He was transfigured. And St. Matthew goes and defines that for us. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. My brothers and sisters, in that particular moment, in that particular instance, Peter, James, and John had a glimpse of the glory and the grandeur and the wonder of God right there on the mountain. And as to be expected, as they're watching 
this glimmer, glamour, and glory of God shining forth before them, who needs to open his mouth? St. Peter. St. Peter always has something to say. And this wonderful experience, Peter often reminds me of a family member that I have, not to mention any names. Some of you may have a similar family member, or maybe it's yourself. But every time you watch something like the news, the newscaster is explaining the story, and the person sitting next to me is explaining the same thing that the newscaster is already explaining at the same time. They always have something to say. St. Peter always had something to say. And so as this is going on, instead of being in awe at the wonder and glory of God, St. Peter's worrying about building some tents. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Because as Jesus is being transfigured, who appears Moses and Elijah. Jesus is there, the Christ, the Messiah, the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. And St. Peter is worrying about tents. And notice what the scripture says. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow. While he was still speaking, even God gets tired at times for people interrupting him. While he was still speaking, the cloud appears and the voice of the Father this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And certainly, my friends, as we know from the gospel, the disciples fall down in fear, and Jesus raises them up, and all they see there is the Lord Jesus. And he tells them, do not tell anyone until the Son of Man has been raised. And we know, my brothers and sisters, that they do tell the story. They do make the proclamation. We heard it in our second reading from St. Peter's second letter. What did he write? Beloved, we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. We received honor and glory from God the Father when that unique declaration came to him from the majestic glory, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. They heard. They proclaimed. My brothers and sisters, oftentimes we may ask ourselves, as they were there on Mount Tabor experiencing the glory and the majesty of God. How come very shortly after St. Peter is denying Jesus? James and John, they're quivering behind locked doors in the upper room. What happened to them? Well, my brothers and sisters, that may be a difficult question to answer, but I can say that Peter, James, and John, they're just like us. They're just like us on the journey of faith. I often use this image with children, but I think it works for adults as well. Faith, my brothers and sisters, is almost like a yo-yo. Some younger individuals may not know what the yo-yo is, but some of us do. The yo-yo, 
Faith is often like a yo-yo. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down, and sometimes it's almost to the ground. That's the journey of faith. We see it with Peter, James, and John, and we see it in our own life as we walk the journey. About a week before the transfiguration, what does Jesus say to the disciples? He asks the question, who do people say that I am? Some say Moses, some say Elijah, some say one of the prophets. But who do you say that I am? And it's St. Peter who says, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus commands him, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then Jesus goes on to explain what it means to be the Messiah, the Christ. He must suffer and be handed over and die and on the third day rise. And what does St. Peter do? He gets all into Jesus' business. And this will never happen to you, Lord. And Jesus says to him those famous words, Get behind me, Satan, for you speak as man and not as with God. Here is Peter. Within the course of a few moments, he is the rock on which the church is going to be built. And a few moments later, Jesus is saying to him, get behind me, Satan. The journey of faith, sometimes up, sometimes down. Sometimes the mountaintop experience, sometimes the valley experience. And all of us, my friends, can relate to that. But while we are on the journey of faith, and while we are making that journey, we give thanks to God for His grace. His grace that sustains us, and molds us, and melts us, and uses us as instruments, especially when our faith begins to falter. That's why Jesus says, if you only had faith of a mustard seed, a little bit of faith, great things could be done. If you look at many of the workings of the miracles in the gospel, what does Jesus often commend? He commends the individual's faith. And so it must be with us, my friends. The faith that we have, even in times of darkness or in times of hardship, or trial, or tribulation, or struggle. Because there is the dark night of the soul. Look at St. Teresa of Calcutta. From the outside, and for many years, when you individuals looked at Mother Teresa, they saw a bright light, a smiling face, someone who was always doing the Lord's work. But inside, my friends, there was a raging battle of darkness. In fact, it's interesting, in one of her letters that she wrote to a priest friend of hers, she says this, Jesus has a very special love for you. As for me, the silence and emptiness are so great that I look and do not see, listen and do not hear. My friends, sometimes the journey is like that for us. Whether it's the man in the phosphorescent suit on the white horse, or if we're talking about our Savior, we look but we do not see.
We listen, but we do not hear. And that's why we thank God for His grace to strengthen our faith and to allow us to keep moving forward in the journey. There's a true story about a businessman who wanted to visit with Mother Teresa. He was a very successful businessman and he was an individual who did a lot of work for the poor and for charity. And so he went up to spend a month in Calcutta. The only thing is that Mother Teresa was traveling at the time. And so he wasn't able to see her until the day before he departed. And as soon as he walked into the room where Mother Teresa was, he broke down into tears. And later on, he recounts at that very moment when he saw Mother Teresa, all these things flashed before his eyes. Of even all the good things that he did, of all the things he could have still done, but didn't. And all the resources that he had that he could have still used, but he kept to himself because of his own self-centeredness and his own desire to meet his own needs. And he was there in tears. He didn't even tell Mother Teresa hello. He just started to cry. And he tells that Mother Teresa came to him. She put, his, she put her arm around his shoulder and she said to him you're doing the best that you can at this moment but God will give you the grace to do even better my friends that's the journey of faith we strive and struggle to do the best at this given moment but God always gives us the grace to do better so that by seeing the wonder and glory and majesty of God, we too can go forth and proclaim the good news. The challenge, my friends, the challenge is to keep faith alive. We come before the altar for a glimpse, a gl glimpse of the wonder and majesty of God in the Blessed Sacrament. To receive Jesus, St. John Vianney notes that if we truly understood the Mass, we would die with joy. My friends, in June, I was a priest 10 years, and no one has died yet. You see, my friends, the journey of faith continues each and every day. Whether we're up or down, God gives us the grace to continue on. And so this day, my friends, we pray that we do have eyes that see and ears that hear. That we take a moment to allow ourselves to see the glory of God shining before us. And that we hear the words of the Father. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And if we listen to him, my friends, and if we take a moment to see God's hand working in our life, then we will be filled with joy.